Lift your Bible. Hallelujah. Lift up your hand. The Bible, this is my Bible. My Bible is the word of God. I am what the Bible says I am. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I declare, as I hear the word, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That's a life-changing message for the church. Come on, tell your neighbor and say, neighbor, your life will never be the same. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you still love me? I love you. Now, today I'm going to preach a message that is not really a message. is an instruction from God. Uh, every member must buy this CD. Those who are not in church, Pastor Banda, these are instructions. You send them emails in the week. They have to come and buy the CD. Amen. I'll tell you the background of what is happening today. Uh, on Friday last week, that was the third, isn't it? Friday. Was it the third? Yeah, good. Give yourself a big hand. Uh, for one reason or another, a, a strange thing happened. I usually go to bed 11, 10, sometimes 12. Uh, but on Friday, I went and lie on the bed. It was about 9, 8, 9, around there. And I just go on the bed like that. I went in a sleep that I couldn't understand. A very deep. How many of you have gone in a deep sleep like that? So when I was in the deep sleep, I started having a dream. And in this dream, uh, we were in a crusade. And uh, it looks like the crusade was very close to our office here. How it was like that, I really don't know. So I left the crusade. I said, let me go and pick something in the, in the office. When I was coming to the office... Right there where Lydia is sitting, there was a young lady looking at me like this, and it was in the night. I said, what are you doing here? And the, quickly I said, look, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to be talking to this girl. Let me go and pick my wife and the, uh, Pastor Banda. So I went to the crusade. I said, yeah. There's a girl standing on the door of our office. What does she want? And I don't want to, to be foolish because she can cry foul. And tomorrow my name will be in the, in the newspaper. So when we came, I came with them. I think there were about other three people who followed. I can't uh, remember very well. And the, when we entered there, I saw a group of homeless children coming out of the office. 
A lot of them. I was mad. How many of you could be mad? <laughs> I was mad. I took a whip and began to beat them. What are you doing in my office? Just beat them. And the, when I was beating them, interesting enough, they were not running away. So the more I beat them, the, way, the more they are gathering. At the end, at a group of about 150 to 200, these uh, street children. Then I said, you boys and girls, one thing I can tell you, God can change your lives. You need to give your life to Christ. I did not preach long. I just told them like that. And I said, how many of you want to give your life to Christ? All of them lifted up their hands. So I said, follow this prayer after me. When they were praying, one of them fall on the floor and start praying in tongues. And I looked at this. Then I think I turned to Pastor Macomba and said, you know what? These are street children. They have just given their life to Christ. We can't leave them hungry. Let's buy them food. And the, when we are still talking about buying them food, some of them coming talking to me and say, Pastor, we sleep in your office all the time. I said, but why haven't you been stealing? Because children steal. They said, no, we, we steal valuable things. There are some few things we store. <laughs> and we sold them. And we are chatting like that now. Uh, it's like now they are helping to do in the, in the crusade. I woke up. When I woke up, I opened my eyes. It was 11 o'clock. Not 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock p.m. That's very strange for me to sleep like that. Immediately, I went into my prayer room and began to pray. I began to pray. I began to pray. Now, I want you to pay very much attention to what follows. God spoke to me that I want you to understand that I need souls in my kingdom. Don't waste time with people who are not ready for the gospel. Go to the poor. Go to the villages. Go in the locations. And preach the gospel. All I need is souls. And then the Lord said, if you obey me and just go all flat out to preaching the gospel and winning the lost, you will never lack finances. You will not do what? Right in your church, I am going to raise millionaires. I will raise people who will give towards the preaching of the gospel without sweating. Don't look on money. Leave the issue of money with me. And that work in the hands of people. 
And I will also bring people who will give that you will go out to preach the gospel. It will never be a, a, a problem. I, I wrote, I was writing, and the, I, I was talking to God. I said, Lord, and the Lord says, don't waste time. Go for it. I said, Lord, I hear you. That was not this week, that other week. Lord, I hear you. I'm going to go to the church and challenge them. That guys, let us go for it. Go into evangelism. Go into church planting and win the lost. And I wrote the same night on Friday that when I go on Sunday, because I've been working on evangelism strategy here in Pretoria, and we are starting a church in Rustenburg. We already found a place. We found a, 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 a meeting place. And we have about 15. Uh, maybe probably they can go to 20 people already in Rustenburg. Or we have, we, I went with Pastor Macombo. We, we found the place. They sent us the, the lease. We, sign, we are signing the lease. By tomorrow we are paying the deposit before the end of the year, the church in Rustenburg does what? Start. And I said, come on and give the Lord a big hand. And I was so excited that when I go on Sunday, I'm going to tell the church we are going for this. And God has promised that he will raise us. He will give us the finances that we need. Amen. So last Sunday, I came... I wrote everything. When I came on the pulpit here, uh, I wanted to open the mouth. It's like somebody says, keep your mouth shut. I went home with all my notes just intact. And I said, man, I keep my mouth shut. When the Lord said, do it quickly, why should I keep my mouth shut? But anyway, obedience is better than sacrifice. So I was praying. I went. I prayed, prayed. Uh, then it was only, was it Monday or Tuesday? Two o'clock in the morning, I had a dream. In this dream, we were in the church, you know those churches that, he, uh, you know those traditional churches they used to build offices in front of the, uh, of the church and, the, and so forth. And so, Bishop Adeboy, Ade, um, Oyedepo came to our church. How many of you know Bishop Oyedepo? Yeah, he came to our church. And he, he came with his daughter. The daughter was trying to do something and he, he said, her, Pastor, just help her. So when I was sitting with her, members of the church were coming, bumping into her. I said, hey, this person is a visitor and she's a daughter of Bishop Oyedepo. And he, when she finished what she was doing, I, I said, let's go to church. When I entered the church, 
bishop was in the in the office now when i entered the first thing i realized praise and worship where they were singing songs bemba songs and no one was singing in the church i tried to say guys why when we have a visitor all of a sudden you are singing songs that no one can sing what's your problem why can't you sing songs that are common when I was talking to them like that, they changed and began to sing an a, a English worship song. Then, Bishop started coming from the office so that he could take the pulpit and begin to, to preach in our church. Come on, don't you think that's a blessing? So when he came, I was standing up. I expected... When he shows up, the church to stand up. The church was sitting down. I, I whispered, stand up, stand up. Everyone was sitting down. Then I looked behind. I saw about three ladies standing. I saw Gladys, one of them that I saw very well standing was Gladys. And she was standing. I, I'm looking at the back. Then I, I did chairs like this. So that people look at me and say, I say, when people just looked at me, they were just sitting. I looked on the other side of the church, they were just sitting. Then I said, let's welcome the man of God. I was, when I was talking, the spirit of God came upon me. I couldn't talk. It's like I was, I was just weeping. Then he came forward and he lay hands on me. When he laid hands on me, I fall on the floor. When I fall on the floor, I turned my, my head like this. I saw a child who was dumb. And he, he couldn't speak. He was just doing his tongue like he couldn't speak. I can see it very clear. Then Bishop Oyedepo came lay hands on the child and say, you spirit of dumbness, come out of the child. I command you to leave the child. The child could not speak. I looked at him, he's like, I he said, hey, lay hands on, he, on the child again. He came back, laid hands on the child. I command you to speak. The child did not speak. I was very surprised because Bishop Oedepo has raised the dead. So, to me, it was like the spirit of dumbness is just a simple thing. The child did not speak. I woke up. When I woke up, immediately I went in my prayer room. When I was in my prayer room, the Lord said, Did you see that? A man of God anointed that you trust laid hands upon the child and the child could not be healed. I said, yes, Lord. And I was really surprised. He said, okay, there is something I want to tell you. When he entered the church, no one stood up. Actually, they were just looking at him. They showed no honor and respect. That's why the miracle did not happen. 
Then the Lord says, this is the problem of your church. Your church shows no honor. Your church doesn't listen to, to your voice. And any place where people don't listen to the voice of the man I have said, miracles will never happen. Then, I was wondering, then he said, that's why I told you not even to tell them about evangelism and money. They were not going to listen to you. I want to raise millionaires, but they won't listen. Even if you tell them, and that is your problem. I woke up, I began to pray. Then I begin to, you see, God is very practical. I begin to just take a check in, in my life and ministry. And I really, one of the things, if there is a thing I've been praying for in this church, is for the Lord to bless some of you financially. I really have been praying for that. I took a series of teaching on a poverty and sickness-free church. I mean, that's one of the best teachings I've ever done. Then I took the teaching on the harvest. I mean, how many of you can say that was one of the best teachings I've ever done? I did that. But I looked at it and said, the Lord is very true. Most times instructions I give on this pulpit, very few of you do them. How many of you realize that? That other week when we had a crusade, and the Lord reminded me this. I stood on this pulpit. I said, guys, we are going to the crusade in uh, a um, Clearview and we are starting a church in Rustenburg. I am believing God for 50 people can give a thousand runs. How many of you remember? How many of you heard that? Lift up your hand if you heard it. Yeah. Some of you chose not to hear it. Only one person sent a thousand rand. And that person who sent a thousand rand is not three months old in this church. And the Lord said to me, do you think all of them sitting there did not have a thousand run to send? said, I don't know. He said, they do. Only that, they don't listen. So I prayed over that and I called some of the leaders and some few people. Some of you received the message and you didn't listen. You never came. So we had a meeting and pray over this. In our prayers, there are few things we identified which are demonic strongholds. Now I'm saying this not to make any one of you guilty. There are few things, two, three things we identified. Number one, it is the spirit of 
dishonor. The Bible says the way they receive you, that's the way they receive me. And number two is disobedience to the word. Number three, it was wrong perceptions which are not human being propelled uh, kind of behavior. They are spiritual. As I was talking to the people I was with, this came into my, my mind just like this. How many of you realize that my preaching is very instructional? How many of you realize that? For those who have been with us for a long time, my preaching is very what? Instructional. I always say, do this, do this, you do this, you go and do this, you apply this. How many of you know that? I mean, maybe 90% of my preachings are like that. Now, the right spirit to plant in the lives of people for them not to receive from God is to make sure they don't obey what I tell them. That's the strength of my ministry. The strength of my ministry and my gifting is to tell you what you to do. When you do it, then breakthroughs come. Then breakthroughs come. And so, as long as the spirit of dishonor and disobedience to the word, first this word, and the word that God speaks to me to speak to you, the Lord said, all those millionaires you are thinking are going to be raised. It will not happen. Amen? And I can tell you, for me, it is like the Lord has put a finger on the source of some financial challenges. Now, this does not mean if you are going through financial challenges, you are the person who is disobedient or disobedient, or you are the person who should do, who, who doesn't listen. There are two reasons. Number one, there is what we call corporate faith and corporate unbelief. Corporate faith can make things happen corporately. Corporate faith can stop things to happen. Number two, it could be you are one of the people that God has raised to finance the gospel. And you become the target of the corporate disobedience and corporate dishonor. It doesn't mean you are the person who is doing that or is rebellious or dishonor. Yeah, obedience is disobedience. The opposite of disobedience is obedience. Now, this is exactly where we are. What's the solution? Because God does not bring anything to make us feel guilty. But before I say what is the solution, how many of you could say, this sounds like from God? Can I see any hand like that? Okay. Almost of us believe or accept. So because we accept what is the solution, 
Everything, the solution must come from the, the word. So I'm going to share with you briefly. After sharing with you briefly, I'll give you instructions and we pray. Amen. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 19. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. In Romans chapter 5, verse 19, we read about the disobedience of Adam that costed him the earth, or cost him the earth. He became poor, he became sick because of disobedience. The Bible says, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And I told on this scripture that where there is sinners, you can, make, you can write, many were made poor. You still remember? Many were made sick. Many were made this and that. The source of all afflictions of man is the disobedience of Adam. So, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot underestimate what disobedience can do. Adam did not steal. And I'm not saying somebody must steal. Adam did not commit adultery. He did not get drunk. But the Bible says he disobeyed God. That disobedience plunged the whole human race in the mess that we are in. So, when I look at it like this, it tells me that disobedience to the voice of God, to the word of God, to the principles of God is costly. Actually, the root cause of man's suffering is disobedience. Now, when you read the second part of the verse, it says, many were made, by many were made what? Sinners. So by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. The reversal of Adam's disobedience and sin Adam's disobedience and poverty, Adam's disobedience and sickness are to be reversed by somebody's obedience. So you cannot and I cannot reverse the fruit of disobedience by prayer and fasting. The Bible says and I mean many men of God that lived in the Old Testament. They gave sacrifices. They were power of prophets. But they could not reverse the curse. It required somebody to come and obey unto death. When he obeyed unto death, then we can receive righteousness. So where disobedience is located 
If at all there is the willingness to experience a breakthrough or breakthroughs, the only medicine is obeying the word of God and the voice of God. And I want to say this, that includes me. If as a church we don't reach to the point where we have the spirit of hearing the word of God, instructions of the word and obey them, we will pay a high price. Now, let me also tell you this. I am a pastor that, that does not believe in manipulation. I don't. I mean, some of you have been with us for a long time. The Macombos, the Macubelas, Kiabeso uh, and the team, all those from Magista, uh, Christian and so forth. I have never used the chemics to, to take money from people. No, I don't believe in that. I believe, and I have never used the chemics to, to crank miracles. You know, there are people who force a person who is not walking to walk. And when a person takes two steps, they take a camera and they put it on TV and say, miracle happens. I don't believe in that. If you can't walk, we go back to the drawing board. The drawing board is the word of God. We go back to the power of faith. Because when a miracle happens, it must be permanent and genuine. I believe that. I would rather if you don't want to obey the word and give because you are convicted by the word, I would rather there is no money in the church than to manipulate people. I really believe that. I believe people must respond to the word. But it looks most of us respond to manipulations than the word. Now, go to the book of First Samuel. I promised you I'm going to be short. First Samuel chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 29. First Samuel chapter 2. Reading from verse 29. This is what the Bible says. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice, at my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thou thy sons above me, to make yourself fat with the chiefest of all offerings of Israel my people. Verse 30. Wherefore says the Lord God of Israel, I said indeed, that thy house and the house of thy fathers should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far it be from me, for they that honor me, I honor them. I will honor them. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, a day cometh that I shall cut off your arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall be no old man in thy house. Thou shalt see an enemy in the habitation in all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And thou shalt not be, there, is, there shall be no old man in your house forever. Now, the Lord said to Eli, Eli, 
Listen to me. I have given the law of offerings. But your sons, instead of giving my offering to me, they eat it. The sons of Eli were standing on the, of, on the door of the temple. When a man is coming with a big lamb, nice, they say, bring it here. And the man will say, but it's for the Lord. They will say, bring it here. They will kill it and make bride. And Eli the priest never told them that. Say, My children, why are you taking God's offering? Because he respected his children. The Bible says, God made a covenant with Eli that you shall be priests forever. But God said, I cannot allow people who dishonor me to be priests. And from today, in your family, Eli, there shall never be an old man. Number two, there will be wealth in Israel, but no one of your family shall be a partaker of the wealth because of what? Dishonoring God. Now, I want to say this, apply it in many angles. The first thing is that you can see again here, dishonor costed the family of Eli so much. It's costly. It costed them. Now, why was Eli dishonoring God? It's because he had a soft heart for his sons. Was if my sons wants to do this, what can I do? There was a reason. And you see, most of us, when we dishonor God in one way or another, it's because there is something we are honoring. Somebody who did not come to church now, Honored one appointment. Are you with me? Somebody who, who cannot give to God, it does not mean they don't have anything to give. It's because they honored some bills somewhere. Somebody who cannot do something. So, this, this honor goes with honor. But the point I'm saying here is that it cost the family of Eli a lot. If you begin to read the Bible, the following day two of his sons were killed in the battle. If you go to Samuel, I think chapter 22 or 16, verse 22, you will realize that the whole family of Eli were killed. Samuel killed them all. He killed them in one day. I mean, uh, Saul, he killed them all. And you go and find a man, Abiathar the priest, who saved David. When David was about to die, or he died, Solomon said, you are worth of death. He almost killed him, even though he saved God. 
Are you there? Now, for those who want to know how the whole family was killed is 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 17, going upwards. And uh, I think about Samuel, about, about uh, Abiathar being thrust from the kingship, which must be in 1 Samuel, either chapter 1 or chapter 22. You look for it. You have your Bibles. Amen? It cost them a lot. Disobedience, brethren. Actually, the Bible says, do you know what cost so the, king, the kingdom? Disobedience. The Bible says, obedience is better than sacrifice. And if as a church, we want to see God move, as he has said in his word, we must reach a point where we deal with any trace of disobedience and dishonor. Amen. Amen. Go on now to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. We're going to pray. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment of the promise. The first commandment of receiving the promise. Honor your father and mother. Then the Bible says, that it may be well with thee, and that thou may live long on earth. Dishonor can one make you miss the promises. Number two, you can die early. It's in the Bible, isn't it? So these two things are very crucial. Now, it's unfortunately, it's me preaching. I'm not canvassing for, me to, for you to honor me. I'm, I'm telling you that most of you, you never clearly hear the voice of God apart from me preaching. I'm not saying you can't hear the voice of God. And I can tell you, there are things that God would want you to know and he sends me to tell you. And if you really take it very lightly, you missed God. Very important. And a lot of us have this attitude to say, okay, pastor preached, but I want God to speak to me now. Also, I have one thing that I teach when I talk about how, why pastors should write books. It is a statement that God doesn't like to repeat himself sometimes. And some of us don't know that. When he called Moses, he called him on the mountain. And he gave him ten commandments. When he gave him ten commandments, he said, go and tell the children of Israel. So when Moses was about to die, do you realize that God did not call Joshua on the mountain? 
He said, as I commanded my servant Moses, you go and do it. Then when Joshua was inaugurated, if that is applied, the Lord said, be strong, be courageous. Do you know what the congregation said? They also said, as we followed Moses and obeyed him in everywhere he sent us, we will follow you and we will go wherever you send us. Only that be courageous. That was the congregation. Their victory lied on those words. God said, as I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. What about the congregation? What did they say? As we obeyed Moses, so shall we. God sometimes, brethren, doesn't like repeating himself. If you want to go on the mountain and get your own ten commandments, you may never get it. God has already reviewed it through Moses. Then another example, there are some revelations that God revealed to Paul. Paul got a lot of revelations like new creation realities. The righteousness of God. If you want God to speak to you, when God already revealed it to Paul, and Paul wrote it down, I'm assuring you, you may never receive it. That's how God works. There are things that God has told me, big revelations. And I stand here to teach you. If you don't get it, you may lose them for the rest of your life. So, the spirit of dishonor, honoring the word of God, dishonoring the word of God, the written word of God, and dishonoring the set man is very costly. The best thing you can do if you don't believe the man preaching is sent from God, go somewhere. You save your life. I'm serious. Because if you don't believe and listen and apply, you will miss a lot of blessings. A lot of what? Blessings. Honor your father and mother. Now, here's the solution. Go to Isaiah chapter, 50, chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. The Bible says, verse 18. You found it? Isaiah 1, I'm reading verse 9, 18 and 19, 18 and 19. Looks like my Bible has no Isaiah. Oh, it just came in. Verse 17. 
verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be as red as crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if you, rebel, you refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with a sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Look at that. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The secret of eating the good of the land is having a willing and obedient heart. Brethren, let me tell you this. When it comes to money, because I'm following the word that I'll raise millionaires, I'm not overlooking other areas. When it comes to money, most of us have been told wrongly. God doesn't, re God doesn't respond to intercession when it comes to money. I can tell you that. He doesn't. I, I mean, if intercession was the key for prosperity, the richest people in the church could have been intercessors. But there are many intercessors who are broke. And there are some times when there are guys who are even eternal who prosper. And people gossip them. That guy doesn't even come to prayer meetings. I'm not saying don't come to pray. But this guy is very obedient to the principles. Very obedient. And they eat the good of the land. How many of you want to eat the good of the land? That's the key. Now, what are we going to obey? First of all, we have to obey the word of God in totality. Secondly, we have to obey the personal instructions that God may give us as individuals. Thirdly, we have to obey what we call commissional instructions. God gives instructions to the commission or to the church that I want my church to do this. When we obey corporately, our corporate obedience brings in corporate blessings. Our corporate disobedience brings in corporate curses and problems. Very, the, I can call for prayer and fasting. This one does not need prayer and fasting. We will be wasting our time. Let me say this even to you as individuals. If you go, you are going through financial problems, don't go into prolonged the third day's plan fasting, binding demons of prosperity. No. Rather go to God and say, Lord, where am I missing it? Or you are not missing it, Lord. What do you want me to do? That, that's, that's the prayer you pray for finances. Lord, where am I missing you? Lord, where did I miss you? Lord, what do you want me to do? And it works. Okay, pastor, 
Look, and I want to say this with humility. Because sometimes you can say things it looks you are boasting. I, I, I really don't have financial problems myself. I don't. And I don't get a salary from the church. I don't. Right now, if I have something to buy or to do, whether it's 100,000 and I pray and I speak money, it won't take two weeks. Money will come. Have you wondered if the pastor doesn't get a salary from the church, how does he live? How many of you have ever thought about that? How many of you can live for five years without a salary? Can I see some hands? How many of you can live for about 10 years hardly getting a salary? No. But I discovered this. It's very simple. Very simple. It has worked for me. And I'm, I'm praying for the Lord to... And I can tell you this. There is no member of the church here who can say, Pastor came to my house and borrowed money. No, no, if you are here, lift up your hand. No, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm very serious. Uh, there are guys that I've been with for a long time. It wouldn't be very difficult for me if I really want money to go and knock at the Macombos and say, guys, come, can you borrow me 30000 Hey, don't be wrong. I've, I mean, I can go to Fanwell anytime and say, Fanwell, I need some 20000 Borrow me, I'll give you money. But I don't do that. I don't. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I found the secret. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of Come on, if you are willing and you shall eat the good of what will solve the problem is willingness and obedience. Obedience. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. What will solve the problem is what? Willingness and obedience. Now, God has a sense of humor. When I was pondering about this and I prayed, God, indeed I'm ready to go into evangelism and win souls. And I'm saying, Lord, but how? Who, who, who in the church will the Lord bless? I'm just, my mind is passing by. Somebody sends me a WhatsApp of a guy who built a church secretly with one billion in Naira. And the Naira and the Rand is about hundred and a and dollar. It's about how much? Hundred? Three? Three hundred. Who said three hundred? You really know, isn't it? A Naira. So somebody who know already convert one billion Naira to three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. It's not fifty thousand rands. Anybody with a computer here, quickly. Work out one billion naira 
divide by 300. It is it's quite a couple of billion of dollars. You found it? million dollars. One person. He bought it and went to Bishop and said, Bishop, I have a gift. You need to come and dedicate something. When he went, is a church worth 3.3 million dollars. Multiply by 14 quickly so that we bring it to South Africa. Mzanzi, come on, say Mzanzi. We bring it to Mzanzi. Amen. Forty-seven million rands. One single-handed person. If God can do that in Nigeria, He can do it in South Africa. But the problem is not Nigeria. Or South Africa, it is the willingness and obedience. Amen. You know, Nigerians, when you say we are going to go for evangelism, you will see many begging the pastor to take their money. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a man I want to mention his name. He went to have a conference in America, it was costing one million dollars. Pay everything, buy everything, one million dollars. When he arrived at the airport, he found a Nigerian from a Nigerian who stays in America. And the guy at the airport, not at the hotel, knelt down and said, Man of God, man of God, can I pay the bills of this conference? The pastor said, No, it's already paid for. He said, No, man of God. I want to pay for it. The pastor says, No. The brothers in Nigeria already paid for it. He said, no, no, man of God, then take my offering. You know how much he gave? One million U.S. what? Dollars. Willingness and obedience. Now, let me not, let me not limit this to the church, our church. It is a major problem in the nation of South Africa. That's why we are the nation with the best infrastructure, probably with a well-set-up economy, but with the poorest church. No, no, I'm serious. No, no, I'm serious. Zambia is not as rich as, as South Africa. If you go and see the cathedrals people build in Zambia, You'll be shocked. I mean, Nigeria, you are talking about Kenya. But the secret is willingness and obedience. There must be a time, and listen to this, this is a spirit, is a demonic stronghold. And it requires you and me to pray against it and break it by going into willingness and obedience to the word and begin to honor God. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. And offense, you have to keep your mouth shut. 
There are two churches, big churches that we have in South Africa and uh, here, discipleship ministries. We have Clarkstop, we have Mafiken. Mafiken, they have all the facilities, everything. By the time I left Mafiken, we bought land, three point hectares of land. And we built the church which is habitable. It means they can meet in without paying rent. They don't pay rent. Maftown. Come on, say Maftown. Then Clarkstop. They don't have land. They are buying land now. Clarkstop are hiring a building. Clarkstop, when I went to start a church with Pastor Piri, I left him nothing but a few chairs. But when I go to Clarkstop and say, guys, you need to do this. Believe me, within two days it's done. Amen. Willingness and what? Mafiken it can take one year. And I'm looking at them. The church looked like they have moved. Few people found me saying, Pastor, your church brings sorrow to us. It reminds us that you have left because it looks dilapidated. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. I will go to Mafiken and I tell them, guys, do this ABCD. Immediately we close the meeting. It's what? No willingness and what? Obedience. Three months ago, I went to Mafiken and I told them, that you see, guys, you don't listen to me. All these things which you have not done in 10 years, I can do them in less than six months. They are looking at me like I'm joking. And I said, I'm going to build the war fence in three months. Not a cheap war fence. Very nice. I mean, you go to Mafiket. Offense, don't you like it? You do. Very beautiful. And I went there and I called the people with my wife raised some money, the same people, same congregation, raised the money, after raised the money, I got the contractor, as I'm talking, the war fence is almost finished. How many months? Three months. The difference between Mafiken and Clarkstop is simply thing, hearing and obedience. I mean, Clarkstop are financially well. Yeah, they are well. They don't have very rich people. As a matter of fact, maybe if I can check the books, Clarkstop may do better than us. I need to check. They don't have managerial people like you sitting here. There is just this obedient and willingness spirit. They are buying land. Is it two million? Yeah. They are almost through. Two million runs. Pastor Peter was talking to me about the, the, the building plan. I should be going to Clarkstop. Starting to build on a two million land. Not a loan from the bank. But do they have money more than us? No. What is the secret? Willingness and obedience. Lift up your hand. Say, Father God, 
It's your will that I eat the good of the land. Say it again. But for me to eat the good of the land, I must be willing and obedient. So I said you obey, number one, the written word of God. Number two, your personal instructions. Let me tell you how I live myself. I listen to God. If God can tell me, take this hundred rand, give it to somebody. Even if I need to spend a hundred rand, I'll take it. Willingness and obedience. I don't live by receiving. I live by giving. I give to God. I give to other ministers. And even some Christians. When the Lord shows me the need, I do. But I can tell you, you can never outgive God. So number one, obey the word. Number two, obey personal instructions in the area of finances. Number three, obey the instructions on the mandate. Listen to this. God in heaven has a budget for discipleship ministries. He has a budget. God does not need your money. He needs your hands. Because God does not rent money from heaven. He uses hands. He uses human beings. God has a budget for this ministry. He has it. He has a budget for every assignment he will give us. Now, as I'm saying, I'm persuaded God wants us to go, us, us to go into soul winning and church planting. He wants us. Now, God has a budget for that. Come on, say, God has a budget. Say it again. I did not hear you. But God is not going to bring money in the church account, the so-called miracle money. He will use the hand of somebody. The first candidate for God to use is you. You people sitting here, you are first candidates. That budget, you have a share in that budget. But for you to take part of that blessing, you must be willing and obedient. You must by faith say, I am here. I will run with the vision. I will contribute towards this vision. I will do what it takes physically and financially. Look. Look at me. Many people come to me and say, Pastor Kansema, hey, God has given you a big ministry. We are praying for you. I appreciate that. But you, you know what? I don't need much of your prayers as I need your personal skills and money. Did you hear what I said? I don't need more of your... I did not say I don't need your prayers. You have to understand the English. I don't need your prayers as much as I need your personal skills and money. 
But pastors only need prayer. You know, I have been praying since 19 years. <laughs> Fasting, man, the food who have fasted can feed some of you the whole year. But I may have no skills. There are skills that I need. That you have and you are sitting down. We need them. God wants to use money, your hands. But it's not going to happen if you don't move in. And again, we don't give because we have. We give because we believe. Did you hear what I said? We don't give because we have surplus. We believe, then he gives, then we have surplus. That's the key. A lot of you are waiting for the time when God will give you millions, then you will give. It doesn't go like that. You give, then you have. And giving you step in by faith. Come on, step in by faith. Say it again. 